The New Orleans Saints struggling to re-sign defensive talent surprise with another return for Jameis Winston. Why? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation and Huda family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always. Make a Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today, Saints Wire, Tuesdays in Locked On NFL, and right here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. On today's episode, how the New Orleans Saints can rebuild their defensive line. Are the Saints going to be able to recover from all of the defensive sort of losses and exodus that they've had over the course of the first day of the NFL free agency negotiating period? But first, they surprised the guy that they are able to hang on to, quarterback, now backup quarterback, Jameis Winston. Yes, Jameis Winston will be in New Orleans in 2023, despite everyone, including myself, believing that Jameis Winston was about to be on his way out the door, perhaps looking for another opportunity, perhaps even potentially finding another starting opportunity out on the market with so many teams looking to turn things over to rookie quarterbacks. Seemed likely that some team might be interested in bringing in a veteran like Winston to be able to take the reins for at least half the season or the first quarter of the season until their young rookie is ready. But instead, Jameis Winston chooses to stick around in New Orleans, and it's massively beneficial for the New Orleans Saints in two different ways. The first of which is that it saves them a ton of cap space. The New Orleans Saints originally had Jameis Winston on a deal over here in New Orleans for $12.8 $12.8 million in terms of his base salary, another $2.8 million when it comes to a signing bonus or a prorated signing bonus. So around $15.6 million. Well, now, according to reports from Ian Rappaport and others from NFL Network, the Saints are going to be bringing back Jameis Winston on what is effectively a one-year $4 million deal. Now, depending upon the structure of that $4 million, That could mean that $2 million is a signing bonus prorated with a void year. It makes it two years. So that would allow the Saints to, you know, push a million dollars down the road to next season, meaning that his salary cap hit for Jameis Winston would be a $2 million base salary and $1 million of that proration. $3 million saves you around $12.6 million, give or take, if that's the case. But even if all $4 million, which by the way, is only the foundation, it's the base of that contract. I'll explain what I mean by that here in just a moment. Even if all $4 million are guaranteed here in 2023, that means that the Saints still save over $11 million against the cap and don't take on any additional dead cap money. So that's a big deal for the New Orleans Saints who lost um, uh, David Onyemata, who lost uh, Marcus Davenport already this offseason. So that's over $17 million of dead cap that was already counting against the New Orleans Saints anyway with this Jameis Winston situation. It would have been new money that would have counted against them in 2023. 
if you look at sort of the the David on Yamada as well as the uh, uh, Marcus Davenport situations, that would have that's money that was already counting against their 2023 salary anyway. So Saints were in a fine place with all of that, but to not take on that additional potential 12.8 million dollars of dead cap if they would have been an outright cut of Jameis Winston, that's huge for New Orleans. The other piece is that it takes a guy that was supposed to be your starter last year, a guy that was your starter in 2021 until he was injured, and makes him your backup. Now, you obviously hope that you don't have to see your backup. The Saints upgraded their quarterback position this offseason by bringing in Derek Carr. Make no mistake about it, that is an upgrade for the New Orleans Saints, the style of offense they want to run, the type of leadership that they want. Derek Carr just checks those boxes, and so he is a better option for you as a starter as I've seen some folks out there who have sort of said, hey, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that Jameis Winston goes out there and beats Derek Carr for the starting role in camp. And I will tell you right now, yes, it is very much outside the realm of possibility that that happens. Derek Carr is on a whole other astronomical deal from where Jameis Winston is. Jameis Winston coming back to New Orleans as a backup. Now, I mentioned that it's a $4 million base in terms of what his contract is. What I mean by that is that it also has incentives that could get him up to a maximum of $8 million. We don't know what those incentives are yet, but you have to imagine that it's connected to things like playing time and performance passes, uh, or not passes, but you know completions, uh, touchdowns, probably number of snaps played, games won, games played, things like that. So all of that will probably be bunched up into a whole bunch of different incentives so that if something does happen and Derek Carr, which would be uncharacteristic for him, misses time for health concerns, then all of a sudden, Jameis Winston has some money that he can work to add to his coffers if he gets a greater opportunity in 2023. Now, keep in mind, Derek Carr, up until last year when he was effectively benched for those last two games so that the Las Vegas Raiders could get a good look at Jared Stidham, who's now not even a Raider anymore. He's a Denver Bronco out there with Sean Payton. Uh, Derek Carr, up until that point, only missed two career games, one game in two separate seasons due to injury. So for the Saints, you feel pretty good about Derek Carr's durability, but obviously the Saints have dealt with a lot of health concerns over the past couple of years. So having a strong car insurance policy, if you will. Thank you, John Sigler from Saints Wire for that pun. Uh, in Jameis Winston, not a bad way to go. Now, a lot of folks are wondering why Jameis Winston returns to the New Orleans Saints on a deal like this, because you're not just doing it out of the graciousness of your heart because you're trying to help the Saints save some money. Why come back to New Orleans when they chose Deshaun Watson over you until they couldn't anymore? They chose Andy Dalton over you during the season, they chose Derek Carr over you this offseason. Well, it seems that's pretty safe to say that Jameis Winston's possibilities elsewhere didn't equate to what he believed was possible for him here in New Orleans. There aren't starting roles out there the way that some of us expected there would be. I mean, you look at the Carolina Panthers, they've traded up to number one. They'll roll with their new rookie quarterback. Same thing for the Houston Texans. The Indianapolis Colts look ready to transition over to a rookie quarterback as well. Uh, the Oakland Raiders, they brought in Jimmy Garoppolo, and they're going to probably draft a quarterback as well. And even the backup roles in a place where Sean, uh, where uh, James Winston would be familiar with the head coach like Sean Payton over in Denver, Denver goes and grabs Jarrett Stidham to be behind Russell Wilson, so they have their backup role taken care of. So what does James Winston do? He stays where he is, where he's familiar, and where he knows he could be in a system where he could win if ever called upon. 
and therefore takes the pay cut and remains in New Orleans. So that's why Jameis Winston takes that deal. Two reasons why it's a big deal for the New Orleans Saints and exactly what it's going to be like for the Saints to have Derek Carr as their starter and Jameis Winston as their backup. Good situation to be in so that you have a guy that's familiar with your system. Could mean, though, that Andy Dalton not back in New Orleans in 2023. We'll see what happens with him. Coming up next, the New Orleans Saints might have been able to shock everybody by keeping Jameis Winston this offseason and getting him to take a pay cut in the meanwhile, but they were not able to keep many of their defensive pieces. Are they going to be able to survive this? We'll break it all down as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. In today's episode of Locked on Saints, brought to you by our friends over at Fan. Dual FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in all of America. And hey, the NFL season might be over, but the NBA season is just getting to the good stuff. So if you want to get in on all of that, and if you're a new customer, it's only better for you as well, because you can head over and get their no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. It's bonus bets that you actually get back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is super easy, super safe, super secure, very, very easy to use. Then you're going to be able to bet on everything from the money line to point scorers to threes drained. If you want to go into the NFL, you can take a look and get into some futures on conference division. Saints still the favorite in the NFC South, despite some intriguing ads on the defensive side by the Atlanta Falcons. Plus, with FanDuel, you can even take some of those other things we just discussed in terms of point scores, threes drained, all of that, and actually bundle them all for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss out on your chance to get your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. New Orleans Saints facing a defensive exodus of sorts, losing out on four, three key defenders and another guy as well uh, to other teams from around the NFC and even within the NFC South. Thanks so much as always. Make it Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The New Orleans Saints lost out on four big names in New Orleans, two of their starters on the defensive tackle spot. Remember, the New Orleans Saints don't have any defensive tackles that are formally under contract for 2023. They got one guy as a practice squad guy, Prince Amelli, but that is it. He's on a future reserve deal, which doesn't even guarantee him a spot on the roster in 2023, just an invitation to training camp. Outside of that, the Saints right now, no defensive tackles on the roster. And it looks like two, if not three, are pretty much gone. And the two that are gone are now David Onyemata, who has gone and rejoined Ryan Nielsen across the division with the hated rival Atlanta Falcons, and Shai Tuttle, the Saints' other defensive interior starter in 2023, he will, or 2022, he will be headed over to the Carolina Panthers on a new deal. And the Saints didn't just lose. David Onyemata to the Atlanta Falcons. They also lost fan favorite, show favorite here, two appearances on the Locked on Saints podcast. Caden Ellis, New Orleans Saints linebacker. He goes and signs a deal worth more than $7 million per year with the Atlanta Falcons and effectively gets a full-time starting role, a role that he absolutely deserves in the NFL with, again, Ryan Nielsen. 
And then you add on top of that one more departure in Marcus Davenport. Now, the New Orleans Saints were very, very unlikely to, to keep Marcus Davenport. It got even more unlikely if you've seen his contract already. He heads to the Minnesota Vikings on a one-year $13 million deal. One, three. It's a lot of money to pay for a guy who had a half sack in 2022. So unlikely that the New Orleans Saints were going to keep Marcus Davenport at that price tag. Very unlikely that they were going to keep Caden Ellis at that price tag as well. As good a player as Caden Ellis is, as much as he deserves a starting role, as great as he was in place of Pete Werner in 2022, getting paid more than $7 million a year in terms of your average annual value effectively takes you out of the running for the New Orleans Saints because on the New Orleans roster, Caden Ellis was the third linebacker stuck behind Demario Davis and Pete Werner. He wasn't going to leap either of those guys. So there's not a way that the New Orleans Saints were going to pay him top 20 money at his position to be the third linebacker that rarely saw the field. So now he ends up, unfortunately for the New Orleans Saints, with the hated rival Atlanta Falcons, where he's going to get to terrorize the New Orleans Saints twice a season. And I do mean terrorize. The guy had you know, he didn't really become a full-time starter until the back half of last season, and he ended up with seven sacks by the time that it was all said and done, uh, 14 times the amount of sacks that Marcus Davenport had, by the way, because Marcus Davenport only had a half sack, and Marcus Davenport got paid $13 million. So Marcus Davenport, Caden Ellis, both priced way out of what the New Orleans Saints not could pay, right? The Saints could have afforded those things. They could have made those contracts work, no problem. But they were not about to pay that much because Marcus Davenport at the end of the 2022 NFL season was already losing starts to Carl Granderson, who had had uh, this really great um, you know, development toward the end of the year, has had great development just last season, has played nearly a thousand snaps less than Marcus Davenport, but is only shy of Marcus Davenport's career sack numbers by seven. So the Saints very happy with Cam Jordan, whose contract they restructured, he'll be back in New Orleans in 2023, and Carl Granderson as their starters over on the outside. As for David Onyemata, he got a nice big deal as well, $12 million per year in terms of the average annual value, a good $24.5 million of that massive contract guaranteed. So it is, you know, you get through those, con- you get through those guarantees over the course of two years out of the three-year deal in Atlanta. It's effectively a $12 million a year deal, whether you look at the guarantee structure or the overall structure. And that, again, way more than the New Orleans Saints were going to pay at that position. Shy Tuttle, on the other hand, ends up in Carolina, gets a pretty good deal, a substantial deal, not one that New Orleans couldn't or wouldn't have given, but he gets an opportunity to get back to Carolina. So for the Saints, though, it, it leaves them without a stud linebacker that was quality depth and starter material for them. I think the thing that you look at is that Cade Nellis maybe could have taken over as a starter along with Pete Werner once Demario Davis hangs up the cleats, but that's not here in 2023. So why should Cade Nellis hang around for that? The Saints also lose out on both of those starting defensive tackles, and then they miss out on Marcus Davenport as well. Marcus Davenport leaves, he goes somewhere else and gets paid an absurd amount of money. So are the Saints going to be able to survive this? They can. It's not going to be easy, right? Especially the defensive line. Just a lot of bodies that you're going to have to find at this point. Again, only Prince Amelli is on the roster for the Saints at defensive tackle, and he's not even on the roster technically for 2023. Maybe you hope that Contavia Street comes back. He had a really nice season for the Saints last year. Malcolm Roach 
said, you know, reports are that Malcolm Roach was offered a contract by the New Orleans Saints to stick around, but he has asked to be able to go out and test his free agency market. So it doesn't mean that things are done when it comes to Malcolm Roach, but if he ends up signing elsewhere, then that complicates things even further for the New Orleans Saints. And honestly, like even the Marcus Davenport departure complicates things for New Orleans at least a little bit, right? It's not a situation here to where you're going to say, okay, well, they're going to really miss that half sack, but it does put them in a spot to where, I mean, you've got uh, Cam Jordan and Carl Grandison on opposite sides. You've got a rotational guy in Tono Passigno. You have to see where Peyton Turner is. Is he rotational? Is he a reserve? Could he become a starter? You have to kind of figure out where he's at. And then on the practice squad slash the, the reserve future deals, you've got Jabari Zuniga, who's played 12 career games and only one for the New Orleans Saints last year, wherein he had two tackles. So for the Saints, I mean, even still finding an edge rusher could mean a lot to them and missing out on Marcus Davenport just solidifies the fact that you have to go and find that position. It takes you from that position being one that you could address to one that you should probably address with at least a couple of more bodies, whether they be in the free agency market or on the free agency market or in the draft. So can the Saints overcome this? Yeah. And honestly, this could be something that the Saints were planning for in the first place. In fact, very likely they had a plan if they would have been able to keep two out of these three guys, or if they would have been able to keep all three of them or whatever. And they very likely had a plan in place in case they got none of them. And that's a plan that they're going to have to enact now with a new defensive line coach and with a new defensive coordinator, right? New defensive line coach in Todd Grantham and a new defensive coordinator in Joe Woods, although it's still very much Dennis Allen's system. So it'll still be heavy rotation. Doesn't mean you have to go out there and find bonafide, you know, 90% snap interior defensive linemen. You don't have to worry about that in terms of a game by game basis. All you got to do is find the right talent that fits your scheme and then allow them to rotate and be able to do what it is that you've done so well since 2017. Now, the big thing is 2017 is when Ryan Nielsen joined. Ryan Nielsen's not in the building anymore. He's in Atlanta. So what can Todd Grantham bring you? What can Dennis Allen do? What can Joe Woods do when it comes to defensive line? That's where the New Orleans Saints are going to have a lot of questions to answer. But some of those answers could be found in free agency and in the draft. So if I was tasked with rebuilding the Saints defensive line, I would start in free agency and then put the cherry on top in the draft. I'll tell you exactly how I would do that as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. In today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by the best tasting protein bar on the market. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. It is Built Bar, covered in 100% chocolate. We're talking about 17 grams of protein, but only about 130 calories and like four or five grams of sugar. And by the way, now with March Madness on the way, make sure that you get started on your Built Bar March Madness bracket. You know, I'm going to be voting for my uh, mint chocolate Built Bar, my mint brownie Built Bar. Absolutely love those. And if you want your team to win here when it comes to all that, make sure that you're voting on the bar that you support. When you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you're going to be entered in a drawing to potentially be one of 50 lucky locked on listeners to get a free box of built. Yeah, we're taking care of you like that. Not only that, but one locked on fan is also going to get a 12 month subscription to built so you can have built's best bars and puffs delivered straight to your door for 12 months. Does it get any better than that? All you have to do is run to builtmarchmadness.com. That's builtmarchmadness.com right now. Vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop on and support your pick today. Once again, that is builtmarchmadness.com. 
Let's get it. Houdat Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints rebuilding the New Orleans Saints defensive line, especially after the defensive exodus that they just went through. Once again, losing out on guys like David Onyemata and Shai Tuttle, potentially Malcolm Roach, who wants to test the free agency market. And of course, you know, uh, Marcus Davenport's not there either. And I'll tell you what, too, losing Caden Ellis has an impact. Because remember, Caden Ellis had seven sacks for you. So the Saints, between those four players, not including Malcolm Roach, who hasn't signed away yet, but David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle, Malcolm Roach, oh, excuse me, uh, uh, Marcus Davenport and Caden uh, Ellis, those four guys accounted for 14 and a half of your 48 sacks in 2022. Now, only half of those sacks came from Marcus Davenport, and he got $13 million. He got paid the most out of all of them. So the Vikings hoping to rest their laurels on potential here. But if I needed to come in today and rebuild the New Orleans Saints defensive line, here's how I would do it. I would start in free agency at defensive tackle. I'm calling up some veterans, guys like Michael Brockers, guys like Larry Ogunjobi, guys like Puna Ford, guys like Ashawn Robinson. And if I can walk away from that group and it's still an even deeper group than that. Sheldon Rankins, former New Orleans Saint, hasn't been re-signed by the Jets. He's still out on the market. Guys like um, Jerry Tillery of the, uh, well, most recently, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, who's got a little bit of that Derek Carr connection, but you know was drafted uh, by the Los Angeles Chargers, could go after him as well. So there's a lot of players out here to where the Saints can get you know on the phone with five, six, seven, eight, nine of these guys. Guys like Linval Joseph, Solomon Thomas, all these others, and walk away with two or three in free agency, and they're in a much better place than where they left off. I think you try to get more than that too. Taven Bryant, he was a guy that played with the Cleveland Browns, where Joe Woods just came from. So there's also a connection there. So if I walk away from free agency with, let's say, a Puna Ford and uh, former Seattle Seahawk and a an Ashawn Robinson from the Los Angeles Rams, I'm really happy about that. Then if I can go like a little bit of a step further enough, if I can grab another rotational guy like Mario Edwards Jr., who is uh, you know 29, I believe now, going in, in, into the season, and somebody that the Saints know, uh, they could bring him over from the Titans. Uh, a guy like Jaleel Johnson, who spent the offseason with the New Orleans Saints, ended up with the Falcons. You can now bring him back over the course of this offseason. So there's a lot of these guys that the Saints can bring in towards the bottom part of the roster that are going to be you know, vet minimum deals that aren't even going to hit the salary cap until the full 53 counts against. And so if you can walk away with two of those sort of bottom of the market, like affordable contract guys, and then also add on some talent like Puna Ford, as well as Ashawn Robinson, then you get to go into the draft at the defensive tackle spot and grab a top defensive tackle in one of the top, let's say in the first two days, right? You sign Puna Ford, you sign Ashawn Robinson, maybe you get Contavious Street back, you grab Jalil Johnson, and then you grab um, uh, Mario Edwards Jr., right? And you bring all those guys back to New Orleans, down to New Orleans. You draft a Kalijah Kansi in the first round, you draft a Mozzie Smith in the first round, or you wait and you grab a Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin in the third round. And then you keep four of those guys. And if I can keep Puna Ford, Ashawn Robinson, let's say Contavious Street, and uh, let's go with the third round guy. Let's go. Let's wait even longer. Let's go to the fourth round and get Texas Longhorns defensive tackle Moro Jomo, who comes in. He's got a fantastic, you know, grades fantastic in the 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 run game in particular. You get your pass rushers, guys that can go ahead and be disruptive in the middle. You get your Ashawn Robinson, who can plug up the middle. Contavious Street, who's a pest in the pass rushing game. 
Same thing for Puna Ford, who can have an impact there. And then you start to set up your edge rushers where they get more of these one-on-ones because Asian Robinson's clogging up the middle. Moro was clogging up the middle. And then that helps you. And then just to go a step further, you can add a guy in round one, round two, round three at the edge position as well. Uh, probably more so round two, round three. A day two guy can get you pretty far. You can even wait until day three. A couple of names to keep an eye out on. Of course, you know I'm going to say uh, Aratomawa Adabare out of uh, Northwestern, grabbing him in the second round, for instance, if you want to wait into the third round, a Carl Brooks out of Bowling Green. I think I said Boise State when I talked about him not too long ago, but Bowling Green edge rusher, a guy like Carl Brooks who can be disruptive. You can also have some inside-outside versatility, so he help, he helps you in the interior, a lot like Tono Passanio can as well. Maybe you want to wait a little bit longer, sure, get to the top of day three and go with KJ Henry out of Clemson. The Saints can find the players that they need to rebuild their defensive line. This isn't something to be afraid of. The thing to be afraid of is, are they going to be able to fit into the system, be the right fits for what the New Orleans Saints need in 2023, so that they can sort of stop that downward trajectory that they had going from 2021 to 2022 in the run game, where they were a top four run game for three years in a row, or run defense for you know three, four years in a row, and then all of a sudden we're 24th? In the NFL, number 24 when it came to run rushing yards allowed. So you can't allow that to be the case, right? You have to be able to fix that. But rebuilding your defensive interior, this is the right offseason to do it because it's so deep in the draft class. It is a very well-populated free agency class. One of the reasons why you're seeing all of these defensive tackles get paid a ton of money because there's a ton of top talent. And there's all of these other really good players that are also helping to push some of that market up as well, but not enough that the New Orleans Saints shouldn't be able to take advantage of it. So are the New Orleans Saints massively inconvenienced right now because of the fact that they have no defensive tackles on the roster and they're signing everywhere else? Yes, they are massively inconvenienced by that. Is there, do they have the ability to rebuild it? Yes, they 100% do. Can they? That's what we'll have to wait and see. All right, y'all, coming up in tomorrow's episode, it's the middle of the week. So let's get a little bit of a midweek mock draft in for the Wednesday. We'll kind of get through the first big wave of uh, NFL free agency and then take a look ahead to how this has so far impacted the New Orleans Saints draft. And we'll do a little bit more of a look at how to rebuild this defensive line, how to rebuild the defense and sort of address some of the remaining holes for the New Orleans Saints roster. Zero wide receivers signed on Monday. Um, no running backs signed on Monday. Austin Eckler asking for a trade. James Robinson still on the market. There's a lot of places where the New Orleans Saints have needs where the market is very populated. So who are some players that can fit for them? We'll break all that down in tomorrow's episode and get you that midweek mock draft as well. Appreciate you as always. Make it Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day for your second listen. Make sure you go and check out Locked On NFL Draft. Damian Parson, Keith Sanchez bringing you everything you need to know about the biggest prospects in this year's draft, as well as the hidden gems and sleepers that can turn your team into a big time winner in 2023. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. I appreciate you as always. Make it Locked On Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. And as always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.